Um, so continuing on with, with This Is Ugh. This Is Ugh. Yes. <laughs> right. But we are back. Yeah? We're we recording? Are, we are back. We are back. We are recording. Let me okay. open my beer like a professional. Right. Here we go. Oh my God, no one does it like that. <laughs> you should see that she's the LeBron. <laughs> Of, cracking of beer, a can. Cracking a can. <laughs> yeah. She's it's still doing it after all these years. <laughs> with still the same graceful form that she had at the beginning of her career. In 30 years, people, <laughs> 30 years, people who've never heard of me will question if I really was the goat or not, or if the mm. new upstart right. <laughs> is actually the goat. I, they probably had people, because um, they had to do like, you know, commercials where the beer can opens or the, the, the Pepsi can or whatever, mm-hmm. and they'd have to record the audio of a can opening. Mm-hmm. They probably had like someone who was like just perfect at it. Mm-hmm. And like, the particular can, like it might not even have been a can of that product. It could have been a can of something else right. as long as the sound right. was, was what they were looking for. As opposed to nowadays where everyone on the set would be like, did you know that it was actually a different can? And the word would get out and <laughs> yeah. someone's social media would tweet out that like it was actually a Coke can used for a Pepsi commercial. Oh my God. Because the Coke cans made a better sound mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. Probably because they're full of more acid. And so they... <laughs> More carbonation. Yeah. Um, speaking of, <coughs> speaking of which, this has nothing to do with anything other than what you said. But um, you know how they used to do the, the Coke and Pepsi challenge, like they used to right. film commercials of like yeah. people because people are very much so in their camps of what they want. And if you ask for one thing and the restaurant has another, it's like, oh my god, how dare you even yeah. ask to substitute Pepsi for Coke or Coke for Pepsi? Right. But when but they used to actually go on the streets and test people. And usually people can tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi because Coke is more acidic and less sweet tasting. Right. Same amount of ridiculous, same ridiculous 62 however many grams of sugar in a can. Right. Or high fructose corn syrup. But, um, what, what confused people was when they did the two to one. So if you have one to one, people Mm -hmm. can tell the difference and they, because they can tell the difference, they know what they like better because right. they're usually a Coke or Pepsi person. Right. When they do two Cokes in one Pepsi or two Pepsis in one Coke, people can't tell the difference. Because the acid fucked their mouth up already <laughs> in the first taste. And, and they, <laughs> they had no more buds left. They couldn't tell the difference <laughs> and they actually liked Pepsi better, even if they oh, were a Coke person. Interesting. So when Pepsi says, like, um, yeah. pe- people actually like us better, but they're so brand loyal, like, that's true. Right. Makes complete sense. I think we have, we, I I mean, I I thought of a different version of this, which is that America got so obsessed with storytelling Mm -hmm. that we are obsessed with the teller more than the story. Mm. Like the idea that there is someone in front of us who is trusted to entertain us Mm -hmm. is more important than whether it is entertaining what they're doing. Oh yeah. And we were talking a little, were we talking about Kim Kardashian? No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Sorry. Us. Yeah. Uh, someone f- said it to me in a way that I finally thought like, this is totally right. Cause I remember thinking when she first came out right after like, you know, Paris okay. Hilton as well. Yeah. No, I mean like, um, Letterman and all these other people were being like, but what? and, and, uh, what's her name? Barbara Walters mm-hmm. too. She had the interview with the Kardashians like, but you guys don't do anything. Barbara like, Walters you don't sing, just, just died you don't also, dance. by the way. The, the, the amazing, the wonderful Barbara Walters. Bawa Wawa. Bawa Wawa. Oh, that's a wonderful reference. For those of you children out there, Bawa Wawa, please find that. Yeah, and just look, look it up, up and watch it. SNL Bawa Wawa. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, but yeah, she at the time, and at the time, it, it made it does to a little bit of a degree now because they became influencer. Her and Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and all those people yeah. became what we now know as influencers back then. But right. they were socialites back then, and, they, and right. socialites got no respect. Right. But now they've turned that. What do you actually do into actual industry into being moguls? Like they all own yeah. companies. They right. all exploit people sure. overseas. Like yeah, yeah. Like good millionaire. And, and right. by the way, none of them. Are billionaires they lied about that the, uh, what, the um the little sister one of the jenners kylie yeah kylie cosmetics she actually lied she's not kylie a billionaire. cosmetic so they took they took her they took her like you know the what is it the youngest billionaire so and oh, they see. also called her self-made which I was see. also a huge problem yeah that's kind of funny <laughs> so, that's a little funny yeah. so that the, the, <laughs> the youngest self-made billionaire right. wasn't a billionaire lied right. in order to get there and it is absolutely not self-made if you're born on third base i'm sorry you're not self-made but yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah no, this is also like when this is back to when um uh ivanka Ivan, 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 ivanka right. is the daughter Remember, right for a second i was like wait which is ivana is the mom yeah. right ivanka <laughs> was on Hannity a while back when Trump was president talking about how she likes to call her dad a blue-collar billionaire. And it cuts back to... It's The Daily Show. And it cuts back to Jon Stewart. He's like, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. But that's the same energy. My father like, gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Right. But how? it's so... It's so, like, money is associated... I think money will continue to be associated... No, I shouldn't say money. Wealth should will continue to be associated with shame in this country. When it is applied to a person of a certain age, mm-hmm. as long as, um, in this case, she helped it along by trying to, nobody would have given her shit if she just not said it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she not pretended to be self-made yeah. or done the billionaire thing or whatever. Now the attention's focused on it. Yeah. But also our country, like I keep saying, is a country of extremists. Mm-hmm. We have people who just, we are fascinated with this rags to riches story. While at the same because time, because of the lie just, that was told of what America is, yeah, it's possible here. But while seeing constant news stories of the of the police, thinking, thinking. Of like literally people keeping people down, and it's yeah. like, is this what is this what feeds the rags to oh, riches no, no, no. narrative? The police aren't keeping people down; they're keeping black people down. There's right. a difference. Right. <laughs> We're not people. Right. You keep using that word as <laughs> if it means the same thing. My mistake. My mistake. That's right. That's you have right. to you have to talk about how police. Um, savagely beat and murdered a wealthy white person, then people will understand what we're talking about. Because if they were poor, they're not people. Wealthy. Wealthy. Yeah. Wealthy and white. Right. <laughs> if they were poor, they're not going to get it because right. poor people are poor because of their own choices, yeah. not because of their circumstances. Right, if they're right, anything right. but white, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If they're a woman, that would be even better. If it was a wealthy white woman getting murdered by the yeah. police, then people right. would be like, oh shit, something's wrong. Right, and that's so interesting, I think partly because that to me... Like a man getting killed, I suppose, in some way can lead to martyrdom or something. But a woman getting killed can trigger the idea that she wasn't protected enough by her man hmm. or something. Yeah. And so... Arrest society at large. Yeah, yeah. Something like, like that. Like a man can fend for himself against six police right, officers. Exactly. With like their tasers and their well, batons if, No, and but stuff. if he dies and he can't, then we'll yeah. have a foundation and everyone yeah, will be yeah. very sad and we'll use it to make sure that that... You know, we talk about it. We'll make sure that that only happens that when there are cameras. Right. <laughs> when we need it to happen again to get everyone rallying for the same cause. Yeah. Um, you know, like whatever. So that's more conspiracy theory-ish. But like, I'm sure there are definitely, a, there's a long history of planned murders. Oh, yeah. In this country and all over the world. Oh, yeah. It's a hit. So, yeah. Like, and if it, if it has the desired effect, then it, then it works and it, they, it did its job. Yeah.
They got, I, I think that they're definitely during, and it sucks that it happened during the pandemic, but like the whole George Floyd thing and a lot of the looting was not the people who are actually demonstrating for Black Lives Matter. It was interlopers who came in to cause chaos sure, and cause yeah. problems. Right. And that sucks. Well, a lot were also just like looting because it was like, we, we don't really feel like this protest is going to change anything and we're happy if it does, but right now we're going to get some shit because life is about capitalism donald trump is president he's stealing taxes we're going to steal tvs whatever the hell it is like a lot of i think that's how i felt i think about that. i think like the rodney i was about to say rodney dangerfield rodney, oh, wow <laughs> and what i the rodney dangerfield say, riots the, you remember the rodney, the rodney dangerfield, dangerfield riots you remember that <laughs> 1981 like he gets no respect um, yeah yeah <laughs> no right. the rodney king beatings i think <laughs> right. like that's more like the LA riots of like the 80s and early 90s, I think is more of like the we're just going to loot because we have the opportunity to. And I think people have learned a lot from that as to like, if you want people to be on your side, maybe don't like burn down your own neighborhood, you know? So I think that even, even well, in... Well, it still came from like the same kind of anger, I'm sure. I, but it was I like... know, but I think, I think at that time, um, we like... The, the people from that era didn't understand that people weren't going to understand why they were doing it. Like, no matter how much you explain why you're burning down your neighborhood, right, right, right. there wasn't, the, the words weren't going to work to That's get, That's the puritanical you know I mean? Protestant part of this country. That's the problem. Because well, when... Who runs the country? Yeah. So. <laughs> like, when Chappelle was talking about how weird it was in 20, 2020, he was like, on SNL, he was like, I watched a white riot in Portland, Oregon. Because, like, your team won? <laughs> it was like, no, this was, like, actually, like, something, you know, but it was, he said it was, like, they estimated the damages at around a million dollars, and he was, like, all the black people went, amateurs? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, you know, but yeah. that's more of a direct addressing of, like, you're supposed to destroy. No. No, I'm saying. I, I get it. I get it. I, you know, I know. I know. Yeah. Like, of course we want everyone to just literally hold hands in a line and walk in an unbreakable force of progress. You want people to like stand strong, be compassionate all at the same time, but it is a community of people yeah. and leadership is not simple. The expectations are unfortunately different. It's the same thing with all the things that conservative politicians can get away with that progressives can't. Right. White people can get away with destroying their own neighborhood when their team wins something, when their yeah. sports team wins right. something. Yeah, and they cars and, upside down. Yeah, and shit's on fire. on fire and it's like, well, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but when, like, when we, like, when we're watching people get murdered, and now, thank God, we have all of these cameras around to show yeah. everybody, like, remember how, like, you guys thought we were lying or we were the problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, try to blame the victim in this situation when right. you're seeing it with your own eyes. And it's like, I can't come up with an excuse fast enough. <laughs> well, yeah, but now with the whole, the latest shooting with uh, Tyree, like, it's, it's like, well, the fact that all the cops are it black. Was, it wasn't a shooting. Beating, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's dead. Um, but when they, at, like the fact that it was all black cops made it so much more of an interesting, you know, dynamic to look at. It was like they, and DL Hewley was talking about this on the daily show mm -hmm. of like, they arrested those cops really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Swift justice is needed. Yeah. In this particular case, However, the videos are so, so egregious. We yeah. must take action immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like 20 days after it happened, all five cops are arrested. Yeah. So, um, and then he was, he asked uh, the attorney uh, for Tyree Nichols' family, uh, um, basically like, what do you think it is? Is it just because the cops are black or is this progress? And he was like, I don't know, but 
next time, if they're dragging their feet, we can tell them we know it only takes 20 days. Yeah. So that's the important part. Yeah. Silver linings. Yeah, it's basically that. It's yeah. like, we don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even have... I don't have the capacity to even affect that kind of change or comment on it. Yeah. But I have the power to talk about this. Yeah. And so this is what I'm going to work with. Now that there's precedent, it's like, uh, Exactly. If there wasn't precedent, it's right. like, we don't, you know, I can't yeah. really force the issue. Right. But, um, but Precedent yeah. is like the least a society can do in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like that's in this circumstance, it's like, oh, all the cops are black. Let's, let's. Justice immediately, mm-hmm. and, and then later on, if you have smart people working in the right ways, you could use that right. to say, "Well, these uh, these are also five officers." Mm-hmm. There's uh, what's the word Pete, Bill Bird uses for white people? Pick Peter Peckerwood, something like that. They're all named Peter Peckerwood, but mm-hmm. uh, can you not arrest them in a year and a half? Maybe no. in twenty days? Maybe no. you know? No, something. One of the one of the this is uh, episodes that never got to air because my I didn't have the right equipment at the time, so the the audio was unusable. Um, okay. Way 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 like yeah, a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, right. we were talking about and and this was during the pandemic, back way back uh, closer to the George Floyd situation. Yeah, myself and um, one of my guest hosts at the time was talking about specifically the situation about. Uh, everyone, you know, people were just like going after Black Lives Matter, and it's like, yeah, they are a hate group, blah blah blah, and they're they're causing so many problems, and also all lives matter, right, and it's like right, why right. that, like ex- like exactly what right. that means and why that's problematic, but also then Blue Lives Matter was being talked about. Yeah, the blue thing is even funnier. Um, I mean, you know, funny, you know, funny but like even more ridiculous yeah. in its logic. So we were talking, and she was talking about like. This this whole like blue wall of silence and this and this brotherhood and this fraternity that police officers have no matter what race they are. Yeah. It's you once you become indoctrinated into that like cult like gang like right. mentality, it right. doesn't matter what you are. What matters is that you're a cop. Well, so it's not surprising right, right. that like all of these cops are black. Right. Because they're cops. Right. Well, this is the thing, like so yes yesterday I read this article that I stopped reading halfway through because Honestly, because I saw that a that the, that a white woman was the writer, and um, wait, how do you, did you see her picture or just by no, her name? No, it was it was in the Washington so Post. Like Mary, I was Mary reading Smith. something along, and it was about Tyree <laughs> Nichols and okay. about like how I can't imagine how any mother could. Uh, it was called something. I forget the mother's name, Tyree's mother's name, um, but it was saying she is now part of a group that no mother should ever belong to. I think was the name of the article. Okay, and so it was basically. Um, a white woman writing an article identifying with uh, this black mother's pain and bringing this sort of issue to the forefront. Okay. But it was just odd uh, at one point where she just kind of admitted, she had a paragraph saying, I know that I am not, because uh, it's an opinion piece. It wasn't yeah, like a, you know what I mean? It's not a news story. Right, right, right. It was, I know that I will not ever have to have the talk with my kids, and she put the talk in quotes. Yeah. And um, there was something about the rest of it, like, I just feel like I didn't even need that paragraph. I didn't need her to tell me what kind of person she was at all, what her background was. I really felt like I just wanted to hear about, I was looking for details, more details about, um, uh, the mother's status at this point and what's going on with her and the actual trial and details about, you know, um, her status after the fact and mm-hmm. if she's involved in some kind of 
um, foundation like, yeah, like, <laughs> like exactly like what is that what exactly what are the movements right now because mm-hmm. to me that's the most interesting part is how it's being handled mm-hmm. and then when she brought it up I kind of thought this just smells a little bit like you know when white people tell me they're the first white person in the neighborhood mm-hmm. you know like I was the first white person here when I moved here mm-hmm. like I've heard that more than half a dozen times from certain people. That's interesting because I've never heard that. Oh, of course you have. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, the only time you would hear it is if you were near someone else who <laughs> right. was talking to each other. Right. <laughs> and then they actually had the boldness to do it in front of people who aren't white. Right. But, like, I, or, you know, or the Or the naivety. naivety to yeah. The, yeah. Well, first of all, like, that, and, and this is a side note now, but, like, that statement is so, conf- like, first of all, it sounds like, Oh, I'm so glad you survived <laughs> all of the blackness, you know, but, but secondly, like, you're really just telling me how much you hated your own family. <laughs> like you had no, you went somewhere where you didn't know a single person mm-hmm. and you are clear, you clearly noticed that you were out of place. You noticed that nobody told you that, mm-hmm. but you brought it up in conversation later as a struggle that you went through, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the presentation of that. But I was reading about this article, and she she mentioned the talk, and I thought I've I've heard white people mention before that they know about the talk, but within the same twenty four hours, someone posted a James Baldwin quote that said uh, the talk it was about the talk, but it said what we also tell our kids in the talk is pray that you get a white cop and not a black cop because the black cop knows all your secrets. They know exactly how to get to you in a much more intelligent and quicker way. Mm-hmm. And they're part of that system now. And all they exist, all they seem to exist and live to do is to explain to you that they're black, but not your kind of black. Right. <clears throat> and so pray it's a white cop. And like that is just a whole nother level. There, I think, I'm not sure if it's Boys in the Hood, but there was a, there was a movie where Burning Mac was a cop from like way back mm. in the day. And he was a, he was a black cop, and he and he was like giving um, the protagonist who was not in a, he yeah. was not in a gang. He okay. just happened to be in this poor black neighborhood yeah, where there were yeah, gangs. Yeah, right. But he pulled. But he, you know, he's basically that that black cop. Yeah. That is like right, right. I know that we're both black, but I'm not like you. Yeah. It was that kind of situation. The Samuel Jackson and Django Unchained. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not to that level. That's different. Not to that. No, but isn't it an element of the same thing? No, because I think I think the Bernie Mac character actually believed like that. Like the Samuel L. Jackson character was playing up to his master to right. get in, but he okay. knew um, he knew underneath what was really going on. I think the Bernie Mac character oh. actually like believed that he was different. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. That kind of, I think, is the only kind of... You can only have that kind of opinion if you don't exist in slavery. If you exist in, in you know, in the yeah. 90s, 80s, 70s. Because at least there's the facade. Mm-hmm. You know, but in, yes, in American slavery, it was quite out in the open. Yeah. But um, I see I see what you mean as a difference. Yeah. Like, and on Django Unchained, like, Samuel L. Jackson acted differently in front of... In front of... Absolutely. Um, Leonardo then out. Yeah. But, I, but I, we, I don't really remember how much screen time Bernie Mac got in that mm-hmm. one. Oh, wait. I keep saying Bernie Mac. There was an... That's what I was trying to figure no, no, out. No, okay. Picture Bernie as a cop. Okay, so... so <laughs> I'm confusing two movies. Have you, have you heard of um, the... Don't be... Don't, don't be a be medicine, a South Central. Well, drinking your juice in yeah, the hood. Absolutely. Bernie Mac was the cop in that movie who who was 
That makes parody. so much more sense. He was, he was doing a parody of the actual cop in, I, got I believe, either uh, Don't Be a Menace. It was either Don't Be right. a Menace to Society or Boys right. in the Hood. It was one right. of those. Bernie Mac was, obviously, is a comedian. I was like, why would this comedian be playing this cop? He was right. he was parodying the, the actual cop. But he was, you know, he was, it was either Merlin Wayne. It was one of the Wayne's Brothers. It was a Wayne's Brothers right. movie. All, like, so all of them were in that movie. He was, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all the Wayne's Brothers were in that movie. Every last one of them. There no, were no Wayne's did, children did at that Keenan, time. Uh, but did, was he directing it? Yes, the, yes. Keegan yeah. was the oldest one, and he directed right, that one. Right, right, right. Okay. But um, you know who? I, what I want to see come back now and live in color, and I want them to do all of their really terrible, horrific characters that would get them canceled immediately. I want to see all that. I want to see Handyman. Oh man. I want to see Jim Carrey do the whatever woman he dressed as the the, the trans woman. And I want to see all of it. They could probably still get J Lo to come back and dance for them. They probably could. <laughs> they could do that. She would probably handle her role <laughs> very well, as well or better than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but so in the movie just just to wrap up Bernie Mac was just was just going off and he's like I hate my gums because they black wow. <laughs> he's like I hate my I hate your black skin I hate your black whatever I hate my gums because they black but that was That's that so was in amazing. the comedy That's amazing. that was in the parody yeah so I don't know exactly what was said in the original movie I was way too young to watch the original movie but right. but to watch the comedy I was old enough so I'm sure that you could. You could you could smell the internalized racism within the cop, right? Who was in the original movie, right? And it's like, how do you? I don't know if you. I was in Florida when it happened, but I don't know how how much of the news got to the rest of the world at that time. But but maybe like ten years ago, there were several cops who got fired because a text chain had been discovered, where all of these cops, including I think a Hispanic cop and a black cop, were saying were like texting each other really racist stuff. Right. And a bunch of them. Got, but did you did you hear about no, that up here? No, no, no. Okay. So. So it might have stayed that in Florida. Your I don't. I mean, I don't know how. Yeah. Because Florida man stuff does. Florida man just gets <laughs> sort of also like it's like oh Jesus another Florida story yeah. I don't even want to read this one. Yeah. So. Somebody caught on the side of the road eating a face. <laughs> that one. That's a real headline. Yeah. That ha- that happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fl- yeah, Florida is uh, Florida is definitely the wild west. Yeah. So um, I mean, I wish I'd known that before I moved there, but like then I I wouldn't have the friends I have. So like you know the choices were mistakes were made anyway. It happened. It happened. It happened. <laughs> but um, but uh, there were a bunch of mistakes were made. Yeah. Like Florida. Like Florida. Jeez. I don't know. Sorry, Florida. I'm sure there's a wonderful people. I I look. I'm an Israeli who lived in Berlin. I met great people over there. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of reason to hate it. Are you saying there's good people on both sides? Is that what you're saying? I think the Arabs at this point would be upset that I mentioned that there are good Israelis in the first place. Hmm. But yeah, there are. There are good people everywhere. Um, But on both sides, in terms of that fucking comment. (laughs) You know, um, I'm sure there were good Nazis who did not want to be Nazis. There were good, there were people who, and I think that's why that is such a weird way to say it. Like, why are you saying good? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have to use the word good? Why are you trying to balance out? What are you trying to balance mm-hmm. out? What for? Yeah. Like, that's what it's What's all about. The end game? You know, like, don't, don't tell me they're good. Yeah. Like, I'll, every, we know if we don't exist in the extremist puritanical mindset that a lot of people exist in the gray area. Most of us do. Mm -hmm. And we do our best to remain good. Mm -hmm. And those who have uh, more constraints on their life and more people treating them like shit on a regular basis, there's a lot of reasons to listen to that group of people more. Like 
it's the suffering Olympics in a way, but mm-hmm. like when you go through communities of people who have seen the worst part of society and who continue to see it on a regular basis, this is what I think wokeness is trying to do. Mm. It's trying to get, bring a voice to people who are being uh, discarded mm-hmm. all the time. But, uh, you know, doesn't Like the handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> Any handicapped people, please feel free to comment and tell tell me how much of a terrible person I am. Um, I, I'm raising my hand. You can't see it because we're not right. She's yeah, yet, my co-host. Is, starting with my co-host. Um, oh, so, yeah. Well, uh, I'm the guest. I'm the guest. I am. Wow. Well, I'm the guest. Only on this is ugh. If we put this mm-hmm. on, everything's fine. Also, then you will technically be the co-host. It's okay. You just pulled off some serious uh, some serious shit. I'm the guest somehow in my own apartment. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I only feel like I have the authority because. Because your computer pooped out on you, and we're using both my microphone and my laptop to That's right, this, that's right. This is all technically relying on you. Te- te- technically, it is. Technically, it's technically, relying on me. In terms me. of the, the technology. Yeah, no, I don't the technology. Mean to, no, Techn- technically, in the 90s, in the same way that literally now means figuratively, the 90s took technically and took uh, it to mean uh-huh. figuratively. Right. Also, the 90s did the same thing to the word technically. But what I does actually it mean meant. Now? I just meant technically. But what is technically? What did technically? No, when someone says like, uh, like let's say this was uh, this was uh, my idea, or some this someone says, let's say I said this podcast was our uh, our idea. Okay. And you went, oh, technically, technically, it's my idea. idea. But what? But what is? So in that case, to me, that means like um, it means like. I know you're saying ours because you were there. Oh, okay. But the truth is, technically, in that case, really means everything else is. Um, everything else but what is technical mm-hmm. is actually uh, a side note. Okay. When I say technically, I mean the real truth. Okay. So mm-hmm. I think that's what started to happen in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But I actually just meant because microphone, cables, computer, tech, tech, Te- technical, technologically. Technologically. Not not to mean. Um, yes, I guess technologically. Technolo- I, yes, that's the word I was thinking of. But, um. Isn't <laughs> My don't, please. I don't know why. I don't know why. But after my after my second drink, it just is grating on me, and I can't understand why. I'm making a trumpet noise with my mouth for those who don't understand. <laughs> what's I think it was with his rectum, actually. <laughs> well, if I were really doing that, I think that would already be cause uh, cause to contact HR. Um, if you're making sounds with your butthole with someone else in the room who was not arriving understanding that that would be part of the afternoon, mm. then that's that's cause for concern. So you just saying that reminded me of something that, obviously this is the season premiere, well this is the second part of the season premiere of This Is Up, but something we discussed on Everything's Fine several weeks ago has to do with a particular comedian who invited unsuspecting people into his kink. Sure. And something that I didn't yeah. get to talk about specifically with why, beyond the whole Me Too movement, beyond why that wasn't okay, has to do with what you just said. Oh, And I thought okay. about it later. Yeah. I thought about yeah. it later, and I kept, I was like, oh, let me bring this up, because it's a very small part. Perfect, because he just also just performed at Madison Square Garden, I heard. He, did he invite anyone into his kink there? I suppose he told them all about it up front. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote it on the ticket, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a disclaimer now. <laughs> you're, you're consenting. Your performer 
you know, enjoys this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't get too close unless you're ready. So one of the things that I really love to say, I love Bob the Drag Queen. He's one of the queens, the earlier queens who won from RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. Bob the Drag Queen. Yeah. Not considered a pretty queen. Okay. But but a comedy queen. Okay. But like... A queen nonetheless. A queen nonetheless. Yeah. He goes... He always goes, and no kink shaming Mm -hmm. unless you're kink. Mm-hmm. It's kink shaming. <laughs> <laughs> so I always go, my kink is kink shaming. Oh, we need that. <laughs> we need that voice. Yeah. So that's my thing. It's like my kink is kink shaming. Oh wow. So <laughs> yeah. So part of what bothered me about um, uh, what's the guy, the ginger Mexican? What's his name? Well, you Lu- just said his name. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Oh, no, actually, you didn't, you didn't say that. his name. That's said Madison Square Garden. Okay, so so we're <laughs> speaking specifically about Louis C.K. and yeah. his kink. Yeah. Part of my issue and why I felt like being caught in a situation like that beyond him having control over these women or some kind of perceived control yeah. over these women's careers, right, blah, right, blah, blah, right. blah, if the door was locked or not, blah, blah, right. blah. Why that didn't matter. Part of it was when you have a kink, that kink is either for... Pri- you, you're supposed to keep your kink private or everyone involved needs to have consented before they showed up. Mm-hmm. When you ambush someone sure. with your kink, no matter right. what it is, you right. are always going to be in the wrong. Right. So, now, yes, but the, the problem with this inherently is that that is so incredibly clear. <laughs> um, and Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, for being clear. Yeah, really, it's really, if you want to connect with the American electorate, uh-huh. you have to turn it into something very awkward oh. and make it a lot of gray areas. Okay. Make it seem that you're extremely uncomfortable mm. talking about sex. Okay. And well. convince them that you would never, ever be in a situation. But if you were, uh-huh. that this would be the, this I don't would be even... like the pool rules. Like, grab oh. your buddy, the buddy passes. Yeah. Like, you have to make make it like a child's game. <laughs> no swimming after seven p.m. Yeah, <laughs> tell them tell it to them like that uh-huh. because Americans need to be spoken to like their children half the time. Yeah, but also made to feel like they're adults mm-hmm. at the same time that their their information is being limited to the mind of a child. Mm. This country mm-hmm. is so extremist. Mm-hmm. And it's filled with so many people who are so terrified of sexuality, mm-hmm. of gender, of race. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the sexuality and the gender goes even deeper. But again, so I'm race. a white person. So does race. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Let's be honest. Right. Um, but I feel like, again, I think I mentioned this last time, but the reason I feel like sexuality and gender goes deeper is that when it came to race, they, were, they weren't like, it wasn't your wife. It wasn't your husband. It wasn't your kids. Like... Because you can see what race they are? Well, no, because, like, let's say you're, uh, like, Thomas Jefferson. You right. know what I mean? Uh-huh. He goes through... He has... He, he yeah. wants to be in a free society. Like, George Carlin said the best thing. He was like, America was founded by slave owners who uh-huh. wanted to be free. Uh-huh. And so that kind of hypocrisy... But as soon as he started sleeping with his slaves and making children, he wasn't... All of a sudden, it wasn't like, this is your brother. No. You know what I mean? It wasn't no. like, no. now we're all a family. No. They still had that privilege of separation. Yeah. Whereas gender was in the household. Oh, okay. So, I, like, I, I, yeah, I remember. It just, I feel that. like it's just yeah. getting, staying in a place that was so personal all the time. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, even that is, is gets broken after a while. Like, of course, there's a separation between white and black, but then... There's, there's a family who owns a plantation and the husband gets a little bored of his wife and has sex with a slave. And then there's a baby mm-hmm. and then that has to be managed. Mm-hmm. And the wife's got to look the other way and also hate the woman that he had sex with. 
the slave woman that he had sex with and then like take out all of her anger on the, all the wrong people, you know. It or still go has get to herself be. a boyfriend. Yeah, well, I don't know if she <laughs> had that kind of power. I really hope she did so. Wow. I certainly hope she did. No! Certainly hope she it's did. It's interesting that you said it like that because... Well, it, I mean, it's only when, fair. When, when, when the, yeah, but we're still talking... We're still technically, because we're talking about a power indifference, we're technically talking about assault. Because in that situation, even if the other party, if the slave party is still a quote-unquote willing participant because sure of the wasn't. power I dynamic, meant, I, I, I assume it's I assume it's assault. Yeah, I but assume the, it's rape. Yes, but I'm, ju I'm just saying... So maybe even saying have sex with a slave is the wrong terminology. It's... Ugh. I yeah. mean, but he, but even just um, even the 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 tone with which you with with which you spoke about like the female slave and Thomas Jefferson yeah. with a different tone and with his wife and like her boyfriend like I hope so and I'm not saying it's wrong what I'm saying How is the inherent different? difference yeah. the inherent difference is probably because when the white woman goes and chooses a male slave to have sex with it's it's harder for our brains to go but that's still assault oh, you know I didn't what even i mean think about it as a slave but i thought she would have the power to go into town and find it you know what i mean like oh, i didn't even think of it as necessarily i was speaking specifically about finding like I got you. A, a black man yeah that's what right, i was right. saying and i was like oh yeah but, but even so like that tone was is still what most people because assault you. is almost always considered a man on a woman right we don't it's harder <laughs> to yeah. think about it being the uh, being reversed yeah yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, is it, I guess, first of all, we'd have to acknowledge whether or not it's possible for a woman to assault a man. It is, Let's talk it about is that. Possible. No, but we have to go through that because guess, we're talking okay, about it. All right, all right. We have to go so, talk so we about know, it. So we know what I think. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I do think that it, I, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it is. <laughs> uh -huh. I just, the amount of work. That yeah. a woman has to go through to assault a man. Yeah, it's almost like the fact that it had required so much, so much setup and and I don't know what you know what I mean. Like, and we're and we're seeing man specifically, not like not like a not like an adult taking advantage of a child. Exactly, that's different. We're talking exactly. about two adults. Well, it's different because of the physical nature. It's about it's literally about strength in strength, my mind. Yeah, probably like have if, to be restrained. Yeah, or if, coerced if mentally. If you have in some the power way. to hold someone's arms, yeah, and 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 that's all you need to do. The lack of planning in itself leads to the fact that it could happen at any moment. Mm -hmm. That's. It, it, it exacerbates the danger. So in my mind, I do understand. And this is coming from the perspective of a kid who I thought, like I said, I've told you about my mom and my dad. My mom was the aggressor mm. in the family. Yeah. So I saw a salty behavior. I saw, like, you know, just harassment from her to him. Like, Emotional. all the time. Emotional. Oh, yes, Emotional. yes, yes. Okay. No, he's okay. way too large of a man. Okay. She <laughs> okay. would not have happened. Okay. But she was, like, it would be stuff like, um, I remember her threatening to leave him at one point, like, in front of me, like, in the kitchen, because, like, when he came home, he he relaxed too much, and um, there were things that ended up in the wrong place. Uh -oh. Like, the newspaper, like, she, she used to, I don't, she, she would sound like, I don't, I don't understand, when you use something, why don't you put it back? And she would, like, scream about... Like the scissors being in the kitchen table instead of in, in the, the little, drawer or wherever they go. Yeah, in the little holder that had pens and pencils and a and a highlighter and the scissors that was mm -hmm. always next to the landline phone in the entryway by the foyer, foyer. Excuse foyer. me. And like 
I remember her like literally just being like, I swear to God, I'm going to leave you. And I remember like years later looking back on that and being like, my mom wasn't even really working that much. How the fuck was she going to leave him? <laughs> but it completely, like literally, yeah. like she wasn't, like she was teaching voice lessons in the house and she had a practice going. Yeah. But not to support her lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not yet. <laughs> so you're, so you're, so what we, what we've discovered is that your mother probably had OCD. My mother. <laughs> and probably was a highly sensitive person on top of whatever yeah. her, so there was neuroticism on top of probably narcissism. Like that, there, that probably was there. Yeah. And then there were actual like mental things she couldn't control to go with that. I'm trying to think of a comparison because like, um, like I feel like in this country, in the United States, there are so many people who have gone through so much and the people who, uh, the, their friends, like the ones who know them, their acquaintances mm-hmm. of the people who are, who you know in your community who are severely traumatized mm-hmm. and who need help. Like we, I know people in this neighborhood. I know I've known people in other places that I've lived and people that I've worked with. And when you have that sort of scenario, they're out in public. They're, you know what I mean? They're existing and you actually have their friends and acquaintances reacting to them. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the state that my mom was, she's a, a woman who was in a partnership where he was at work most of the time. She worked from home and it was not in a city that had a lot of pedestrian traffic. It was Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then Minneapolis, Minnesota. So everybody's in their cars. My mom had basically all of the time and space to protect her traumas that mm. she was going through in a way that nobody could really see them clearly. Mm-hmm. Whereas the girl who lives two, do- two blocks away from me, who like has ended up with 10 paramedics on her because mm-hmm. they need 10 oh. to subdue her. Oh, wow. And... When they only brought two, they sedated her, and she's so accustomed to the sedative that she faked them out. Uh. They sedated her in, in the ambulance, and then she did this fake go to sleep, and then she went, uh-huh. and then she we saw her client fight her way out of the ambulance. Wow. You know, like, we're all there for that. We all talk about it. We all know her. Mm-hmm. My mother was able to, due to the lifestyle, keep a lot of that under wraps. Yeah. And so... It was just a regular family, and it was just a regular mother, and just a regular father, and a regular wife, regular whatever, you know? Yeah. So it was a lot of that. Um, but I think that 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 sort of energy, it's like, it just it really just takes over quickly. Mm-hmm. And you just react to it right on the spot as best you can. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're a child, if you're a kid, like, what, what can you do other than react? You just or watch learn it to happen. not react. Yeah, you just watch it happen, pretty much. But yeah. it was it was because something was. <clears throat> so the bullet points for her are like, you have uh, born in 1955 in Israel, which means you're born into a country that's seven years old. Mm. So the entire country is seven, and you have construction going on all the time. Um, you have things that are unfinished all around you. You have an expectation to join the military and everybody knows that you're going to be in the military. So as soon as you're seven years old and you understand what military is or four years old or whatever, you know that you're in it and it's, you're doomed for it. And then you have the fact that she was actually caught in a war, even though she was in the singing troupe. Like she wasn't, she had no interest in fighting. She was just trying to be a singer. She was a really good singer. So she was in the central command 
singing troupe and then was traveling on a bus with all the other singers and they were shelled by Egyptian uh, artillery fire Mm -hmm. and was in battleground situations as a singer. (laughs) And so all of that is a compounding of traumas leading up to where she ended up. But the main thing was she ended up being so specific about what she needed in order to live life, very similar to me, mm-hmm. specific, you know, like I need this, I need this apartment, I need to have my things the way they are. Um, she was so specific about that, that everyone else was, she was too afraid to let uh, a community of people in. She was very careful and cautious. Like she would have a close friend build up over like four years and then they would have a huge fight and then they would be, wouldn't be friends anymore. And then a new person would come in. And four years later, big fight, not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was when I feel like it was when that person got too close. Oh. So it was like you can't. She just was never able to really apologize mm-hmm. to other people. And I'm not trying to like just talk about her all the time, uh, but like she, well. you know, <laughs> this is more like. Um, but it's a part of who you are. Yeah, a I mean, absolutely, story, it's a huge part of parent, who I am. The part of the parent story always rains down on the kids, whether yeah. they want it to or not. Whether right. they're there or not. Them being present is one kind of rain. Them not being present is a different kind of rain. Right, it still right, rains right. down on you. Yes. But I, that's like, again, how does that determine whether I'm atheist or not? Who knows? <laughs> it doesn't, but it does contribute to you not wanting to put yourself in a box and say, I, yes. I don't want to be labeled at all. Absolutely. Yeah, because, like, I was, you know, I was under someone's direction. I was a soldier, you know, in the house, pretty much. And she was the, the commandant. Mm-hmm. No, I can understand that. It's just probably why I'm really comfortable um, having friends who are either have, like, come from, you know, black families or immigrant families where their mothers were a little more similar to my mother in terms of their rage levels mm-hmm. and their commandant style of managing the household. Um, so I communicate with that much more clearly, but on the other hand, I felt like a lot of those mothers and fathers were around other mothers and fathers that were similar to them. Mm -hmm. Whereas we never had that. My mom was always the only one like her on the block and on the next block and the next block. So it was kind of more isolating. And that's, I think why I really needed to be in New York. Yeah. You know? around other people who needed therapy and never got it. Right. And right, their right. children. <laughs> yeah, we all understand exactly what we're doing. We're yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we're we're <laughs> this is this is exactly how we can survive. Like there was the what is New York post that said something like, How come is two people talking? One is like, How come I can't find a therapist for under three hundred dollars an hour? <laughs> and it was like that's just how this shit works and the other person was like, I would much rather be mentally ill with nice clothing. Wow. If that's your option, though. I mean, that's what be, I'm saying. Because, but what if you're mentally ill with no clothing? Well, you know what I mean? then you are continued. <laughs> you are absolutely fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You can be mentally ill. Just don't, like, make it too obvious. Right. It's okay. It's okay to, like, have Oh, it, that's like, the Joker movie bub- right there. Yes, bubbling under the surface. Yeah. But, like, you, but you have to be able to, to put your mask on for everyone right. else. Right. You know, and just, yeah. and, and I don't, like, yeah, everybody puts their mask on to a certain, everyone has to put a mask on to walk out of right. the house. of course. Or be on Zooms, right, you know. Right, right, But, like, there's not, there's, not only is it sweatpants under the, under the. <laughs> well, it's also not even has to. Everyone tends to. Tends to, yeah. It, less so in the past 
after the pandemic, people yes. have taken their masks off. Right. And we're really seeing how crazy people are and right. how unpleasant By the way, we're talking not about the actual COVID masks. We're talking about a metaphorical mask. Metaphorical mask, yes. We're talking about the metaphorical mask. <laughs> we also took our masks mask. off. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's not spelled this way, it's spelled the same way. When I say mask, I'm, I'm thinking of like M-A-S-Q-U-E. Even though yeah. that's not a word, that's that's how I'm spelling it in my head. Okay. Because we, we all can see the spelling. Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Harlequin mask you. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what I'm talking about. The, the emotional and psychological <coughs> masks that we put on to be able to just get along in the world. Absolutely. Those have slipped in the past two years. And yeah. And we're really seeing how crazy everyone is. Right. When the pandemic started, I felt like I was watching people legitimately throw each other under the bus mm-hmm. on the regular. Or onto the train tracks. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that happened a yeah, lot. Right. <laughs> that happened right. a whole lot yeah. <laughs> in the past couple of years. Oh, and there was someone also posted on the same thing. What is New York? Uh, of someone who'd fallen onto the tracks and citizens were helping him up while cops stood there and went like this with their flashlight. Yeah. To make sure that a train didn't come. Yeah. That was the effort that the cop put in while the people who were actually on the train waiting to go to work were the ones helping. And they were the real emergency responders. Technically, the cops might not have been allowed to go on the train tracks. It's not, I'm not sure. That's but, really but, interesting. But, okay, so, so Why would I'm, that be? Okay, so I'm going to tell you, again, I don't know if this, I don't think it happened in Florida, but it had to do with water. But there were, I'm like, there was water involved, so maybe it was in Florida. Because, you know, Florida's the only state with water uh, in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> but the no, only one. There was a new All the st- others have club soda. All, just soft seltzer. I don't know why. Uh-huh. There's nothing but soft seltzer in their lakes. I love lakes. a good seltzer beach. <laughs> seltzer beach. You know? Uh, if there was ever a Jewish beach, it would be it seltzer beach. It would be a seltzer, seltzer beach. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, there was, a, there was a new story about a year ago uh, where people were condemning these cops because they let a... A man drown in this lake that had turbines under it. Yeah. Um, and people were mad for the wrong, not the wrong reasons, but some of the people were mad because the cops didn't jump in and, and save him. Right. But, but the person who was doing the news pre- presentation was like, the cops are bound to not put themselves in harm's way. That's so what? There, so there are some situations where if it is going to be dangerous for you as the cop to interfere in something, you are not allowed to, and you have to wait for actual rescue people who are trained to do it to come in that situation, which means the person's that already dead. That sounds so insane But, like, that, that could be departmental what? policy. It, that could be departmental policy because oh you're God. because you're not a right. water rescue I know, I person. Understand. I'm not saying like yeah. I'm just saying like that could that they the but the point was the people were not necessarily God. mad because they didn't save this man from drowning. People were mad because the cops were being assholes. Well, I mean, okay, pick <laughs> pick at that point. But no, like, but it's like you don't have to if the if the guy's like, oh, I can't swim, like I'm gonna drown, blah blah blah. You don't have to be like, well, you shouldn't have jumped in. You could be like, sir, water rescue's on the way. We're not. We're actually not allowed to jump in after you right which again well, if i was drowning i would be like i would have no sympathy for either way it wouldn't matter to the drowning man um, but at least but, the, the people watching yeah. later would be like oh i understand what's happening right. here but that's the interesting thing let's take the assholishness away okay and you have people around them basically everyone has to the most the most wise mature self-aware realistic person mm-hmm. their reaction from this moment is well it is in fact the law yeah that cops can't intervene in this moment and to me, that is an, an extremely ridiculous um, law itself 
just because of the situations. Like, I don't understand why they didn't see how that situation could be difficult. Life or death is not something that genuinely builds over seven minutes. Yeah. Like, it can happen in 20 seconds or less. Right. And so the idea that you are not supposed to put a cop in harm's way. Yeah. Because it's not the type of harm right. that <laughs> yeah. was legally determined right. by the cop's training. Right. Like, it's just it's just. But if there's an like active shooter, you're supposed to go in. Oh but if my the person God. is drowning, you're not. Yeah, but I'll take water. a bullet, but water? But water, no. No, if it was yeah. a seltzer beach, I would be okay <laughs> with it. But regular flat water, I'm not doing that to my skin. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. So there, there are situations, I mean, it... it if a train wasn't actually coming, like, the cop should have been helping the person... The train off, wasn't right? coming. Yeah. The train wasn't coming. So that probably didn't interfere with departmental yeah. policy. However, right. there are... I, I think most cops can get away with, hey, it's departmental policy. We're expected to break it, you know. Right. Even if it's just to make us look better. Yeah. But, you know... And they do break it in other cases <laughs> yeah, when they, they shoot do. people... <laughs> and then they get off yeah. without getting without getting arrested or fired or anything. Yeah. The whole, like, I mean, we're, how many decades are we past this whole national um, police uh, misconduct registry that we're supposed to have by oh, now? Oh, wow. Every yeah. president, except for, you know, who, you know, you know who, like every president for the past, like, three Democratic presidents, presidencies yeah. is like, we're going to have a national, you know, police registry. And it's like, right. it never happens because yeah. we would have no. Well, yeah, it's still a gang. We would it's have still a gang. We would have no police officers. Well, like, and this is the other thing that on the Daily Show, the uh, the attorney for Tyree Nichols' family said that was like, you know, who's oddly silent right now is the police union. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard shit from them. They had a lot to say about about them getting tested and wearing masks, but they yeah. have nothing nothing to say about this. Right, exactly. It was yeah. like we're going to see which way the wind blows before we speak. But that's also because the cops are black and they don't give a fuck. No, absolutely. No, no, no. no. I think it's because not just the because cops they're are black. Not just because they're cops. They know that black. they could actually say the wrong thing in either direction, mm-hmm. and they're just going to be quiet. Yeah. So they don't have to speak at the all. The same reason the NRA is always silent when it's a black legal registered. Gun owner who gets yeah. gunned down by the cops after saying, "Yes, I have a registered firearm yeah, in the car," right, right? And here it is. Here is, a, NRA, here is one of ours. Yeah, and the NRA is always like, "Nah, we got nothing to say about that." Right, right, but, right. You exactly. know, so. yeah. Hmm. I wonder what the difference is. I just right. can't put my finger on it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, if only I could see color. If only. <laughs> oh man, talk about color blindness. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. We didn't get into that in one of the previous episodes, but um in being in the liberal community, we should actually try to figure out what that means. Colorblind? Yeah, like in in the in the metaphorical cultural bullshit sense, we should try to like identify the intention of the person who's saying it and the way it affects other people when it's heard. Well, colorblindness to the person Means they don't, I think actually it means different things to, to different people. So the colorblindness of a person could either mean they don't see people who are of different races as, like literally as different races. Everyone's human to them and they, and they don't recognize. And they just see human. They just see human. They just see in human vision. Right. But it could also mean... um, Only people from Astoria can say that. (laughs) Only people from Astoria, Queens. Specifically Astoria. That's strange. Um, No, Queens is supposed to be the most diverse uh, borough or area in the world. Astoria, I think, specifically. But that Um, wouldn't necessarily make someone colorblind. I feel like it'd do the opposite. I mean, It'd be like, I recognize all these different colors. I wasn't fully leaning into the series, and I was a little bit joking, but but yeah. But still. But really. But but there's there's a... 
The mic is going to pick that up. Oh, so. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just like, no, something just fell out of a piece that was given to me. And oh. So I was like, what the hell is that in my pocket? What is it? But it's like a, a oh. keychain thing. What is well, it says, um, it uh, a friend of mine went to uh, the comedy store in L.A. Oh, And so okay. it says the comedy store, and it's on a keychain thing, and it's I've had it for like three years. And is it, it just fell off. Is it glue? It's, it's an a, adhesive. Oh, yeah, so I gotta okay. fix You're gonna it. You're going to have to re-glue that. it. Apologies for this. No, no, it's okay. For the jangling, jangling. I've just lear- I've learned. <laughs> I learned, even though I There's my Bernie Mac reference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what I remember from him? I want some milk and cookies. <laughs> Couldn't tell those jokes now either because he was talking about how he knows his what nephew or something yeah, is yeah. gay. He's like four years old, right, and he's right. like, "I want some milk and cookies." Right, right. It's like, mm, mm, sir. Well, like, that's the interesting thing. Like, okay, no, we can go into that direction too. I think you were in the middle. Of oh, we were something. just talking about being colorblind. Yeah, and how you know it's definitely used for the wrong reasons on the right to to in a facetious way to try and like get liberals off our game when we're trying to have discussions about race and the reality of race. It's but, connected to the post-racial society argument, I feel like. You know uh, what I mean? That sort of whole, like, Obama, oh, it's fine now. Yeah, everything. Every, <laughs> well, even before Obama, there are definitely liberals who are like, oh, I don't see race. I grew up I grew up around so many different people that when I meet someone, right. I don't, like, register them as this or that or categorize them. Right, and, and American then, racism is based on what I see. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's what I see and my experience and how my story yeah. is more important than any, what anyone else actually experiences. Right, right. And and at the time when I when I was kind of introduced to being colorblind, because again, I grew up in, in such a multicultural environment where being colorblind didn't make sense because there's so many different people around and different cultures around that for someone to be like... None of that is real would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, right, I'm around right. so many different kinds of people yeah. for you to tell me that I'm not would be weird. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's somehow you want me to believe that none of that matters. Right. When I told you I was from a diverse neighborhood, I meant height. <laughs> a lot of different heights. <laughs> yeah. I can see height. I can see height. Can't see color. You can't see color though. Right, right, right. And it was just like, that's weird. <laughs> There's a there's a logical part of that that I can understand. The rest of it I don't. But the part the logical part that I can't understand is people who are kind of doing the sly shit where they're like, "Come here, come here. I want to tell you a secret." Right. It's really really hard to get stupid racist people to not be dumb and racist if we admit to them that race is real and they shouldn't care about it. So what we're going to do instead? Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. wait. What we're going to do instead of trying to teach racist people to not be racist that's hard and we can't fix it but what we can do is say race isn't real oh i see i see yeah right we're just gonna go with there's no such thing right so the thing that you're doing doesn't even make sense right right. i can understand on a fundamental level why people would go in that direction sounds kind of gaslighting to me it is very (laughs) it is incredibly that is the appropriate definition of gaslighting thank you Thank you very much for that. It's almost like gaslighting with a nice cloth napkin over it. Yeah. It's like really, really smooth. It's gaslighting for everyone's benefit. Yeah. It's like, is it 
Yeah. Is it just like, you know, it's gaslighting right, to, to right, tell right. someone graduating um, from college into the recession of 08 that everything's going to be fine? <laughs> well, that's just capitalism. <laughs> well, I don't know. Capitalism. That's just corporate corporate energy right yeah. there. Yeah. You ever see The Big Short? The Big Short is a great I movie. I love that Watch movie. Watch The Big Short. And everybody has plays a role that I'm not used to them playing. Yeah. Everyone. Yes. Yeah. Like Steve Carell is great in non-comedy. If you can watch... No, absolutely. Steve Carell... We know that now about Steve. Well, but... He's really... The, I don't know if the younger generation really knows who Steve Carell is because he hasn't oh, been. They may not know who he was before. Yeah. Purely comedy. Yes. But yeah. But um, Dan in Real Life, great movie. Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the Big Short. Any right. anything that he's in where he's not playing a comedic role, oh. he's amazing in. And the Morning Show now, which I think I brought up. I have not seen the Morning Show. I would I would love to it's see a movie? You think of that. No, it's a, it's it's actually a a show, but it's um it's a series on. Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, the, on the very first episode, you find out that uh, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell are co-hosts of a morning show, uh, morning news show, and uh, the very first thing that happens is that sexual allegations come out against Steve Carell's character. Oh. And the whole rest of the news anchor network has to deal with the after effects of that. Ah. So that's the first thing that happens. Interesting. She has to do... Today's show without him because mm. he's no longer there. Oh, she's also not responding to his calls because she's dealing with too much shit. Yeah, to even hear his fucking voice right now. And meanwhile, he's dealing with the whole like, oh god, so this is one fucking intern from ten years ago, and she she loved it. <laughs> Tell you, man, <laughs> you know, like this whole thing. Like you watch him talk to another character played by. Uh, is it Martin Sh- uh, Martin Short? And he plays another prominent Hollywood director, and they're outside talking to each other about like Steve Carell's complaining about how he's just like I can't believe this all just was taken away from me like like just so suddenly, and Martin Short's character is like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just it's really it's all you never know. I mean, like I, there was all these things like there were there were things that happened in the past, and he starts going through little things that happened with him. Mm. And then one point he's like, and the one girl, I mean, she said later on she was 15, but I mean, I, <laughs> you know, and then Steve Carell stops and he's like, how come I didn't hear about that one? Yeah. She's taking the legal route. Anyway. And it was like, and then at the end of that conversation, Steve Carell goes to the other character, to Dan, to, to Martin Short's character, he's like, you're, you're a predator. Mm. And the other guy's like, well, then what are you? Mm. And... You really have, I have some of the best conversations I've seen between men about male characters mm-hmm. responding to this energy and trying to figure it out and seeing exactly what they would really say in real life. That's cool. So that was really, that was, and Steve Carell's great in it. Yeah. He's great. Sounds like it's well written. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. That's good. And, um, yeah, I like the people in that show. Um... But we talked about Steve Carell. We got around to something else. I don't remember where we were. Oh, we were talking about being colorblind and why it sucks. And right. it's not the right thing. And it's and it's the gaslighting version of like trying to figure out where your problem is and then being like, no, there's 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 no problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. So the thing that you were doing was just kind of yeah autopilot or whatever. Yeah, I think I think that it's um, being colorblind is a way to get around acknowledging yes the differences between people right and still moving forward as if it doesn't matter but not in the point not in the way that like i don't respect or 
uh, or acknowledge your culture or your history or your heritage, but in the sense of like, I'm not going to treat you differently or worse or better based on that. Right, right, right. And it's way harder to do that. Right. There are times when that makes sense uh, to try to make an effort to look at people as equals for a certain purpose. Mm -hmm. There are occasions where that would make sense, I suppose. But like, you're also by, you're really saying the surface of what you're saying is supposed to suggest that you treat everyone the same. That's what you're trying to say. That's That's, what you think you're saying. That's what you think you're saying when you say that. Yeah. When you say that you're colorblind. But what ends up happening in the consequence of what you said is that you are, um, first of all, not acknowledging the difference between how people of different skin colors are treated in society. Mm -hmm. You're saying, I don't even have the vocabulary to address that problem. Mm -hmm. First of all, as just a side note along the way to not seeing color. And then secondly, I'm treating everyone as equals. Which, how could you even know what equal means if you didn't understand all the varied experiences that people have had? Right. You don't even know what positive is. You don't know what negative is. You yeah. don't know what what the deepest types of traumas that are affecting your neighbors are. So when you say, I treat everyone equally, you're basing it on your morality. Right. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's kind of like a giant out of sight, out of mind yeah. sort of a energy. A constructive way to be colorblind is when you, if you're in a hiring position at a company, well, (laughs) then you don't have to deal with anything, right? Is to, let's say, um, make sure that when you're getting applicants in, if you're in a position to hire at a company, is you remove their their names, their gender, any kind of identifying information, their name, their gender, remove all of that from the application process. So everyone you bring in, is it's based off of their experience and what you think they could bring to the table, so you're not even subconscious consciously biased by what culture you think they could be from based on uh, what their names are or depending on their age and if they're a woman it's like well are they going to get pregnant are they going to not if they have kids are they going to like call out more that's like that's a that's a more genuine way to be colorblind but it's very specific it's kind of like an (laughs) anti-bias yeah it's just basically it's just basically it's like basic mechanism. anti-bias, yeah. anti-prejudice, right? Right. right. <laughs> and it's specific to a certain situation for a certain reason. Yeah. But it's not a general, like, I'm just going to pretend that race doesn't... And there are people who are like, race isn't a thing. Right. Race is not real, even biologically. Let's right. like not right. even right. talk about culturally, Let's be, which it is culturally. But right. biologically, uh, we're all the human race. And it's like... Biologically, if we were, if we there weren't any differences, twenty three and me wouldn't exist. We wouldn't yeah. even be able to te- to tell you where well, then, your ancestors yeah. are from. It may not exist, but if it doesn't, then what are we talking about? We're not uh, like, nothing. What what is it that we're all so obsessed over? What is it that we we need to stop talking about? We're talking it. about dating preferences. That doesn't ma- that doesn't it's not what, real. <laughs> what is it that we're focused? It's on? not real. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It's what are you talking? What are it's no? A what are insulting you, so far? What are you talking? No, yeah. well, they don't they don't recognize it as insulting the same right. way that people in Get Out didn't recognize themselves as racist. Right, well, they, you know, hypnosis is all that shit. <laughs> like, they recognized it. They, they were just well, like, no, that's part of our life. You know the, you know the interesting thing? I lo- Jordan Peele is one of my favorite people of all time. He's a very but interesting dude. The, yeah. the thing I that really I... really like his everything he does. I am very... Um, and we'll just... We'll wrap up the hour here. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, well, I, I'm fidgeting because I actually have to go to the bathroom. So, very quickly... <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm going to uh, take as long as possible to finish yeah, this and right, as uncomfortable right. as possible. But no, Jordan Peele. Damn it. I know. Jordan Peele <laughs> and that movie, um, I watch a lot of lore channels, so it's not like there's all this like um, 
Okay, I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. Please let me know. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, him and Ari Aster are amazing at the backstory of, like, the story under the story under the story. Yeah. But in Get Out, everyone was like, oh, yeah, like, they hypnotize these black people, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. A lot of people also think Rose is hypnotized. And that brings a different element. Oh, the, daughter? the daughter. A lot of yeah. people think she's also hypnotized. Oh, that, that's so interesting. I mean, that the only way that I would, and I, I'm not against it uh, inherently at all at first, but if she is, then the parents are as well, in my mind, because they were her beforehand. They didn't date a black man when they were her age. But the hypnosis, if you understand where it is and where it came from, in my mind, it came from a system that existed before then. Mm. And so the new bishops of this system mm -hmm. have to have been indoctrinated just like she was. Okay. So to me, it's just, they're all hypnotized, but we give her a little more credit because she's younger. Mm. But, and she's not the, uh, the deacon, like the highest in the, in the hierarchy. Well, she's, she's she's also the pawn yeah she's the a, she's the pawn yeah. the mom is the one and it's and it's the mom that's doing the hypnosis like the yeah, dad is right. like the surgeon right but he's right. but the mom is the one who has the power perfect casting <laughs> right? by the way perfect oh yeah casting. also from the forty year old virgin um, oh my god I forgot Catherine her name. Keener Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford yeah Bradley Whitford was just has the best because he plays there's a lot of Jewish comics that I know that are upset still. Well, not a lot. There's two, uh, <laughs> There's two that have told me. So I figure if two told me, there's another <laughs> ten that are upset and never yeah. brought it up. Right. But that Bradley Whitford was cast as the Jewish character in West Wing. And so it was like, you couldn't find a Jew. You got to find a guy named Whitford. Oh. <laughs> you know, but it was like, um, he was so good. And I love that show. So mm -hmm. he was so good in that show. But to watch him play a fucking waspy, mm. cold-hearted, like, where you where you you see him smile, and you could absolutely see in your mind a bunch of white people responding like yeah, and everybody else being like that. Fuck, that's, it's a mm, fucked up smile. Yeah, no. That's, Look at that smile mm -mm. for a little longer than you're supposed to. Yeah, and it is so fucked up. You would have voted for Obama third time. <laughs> but he was uh, so good in that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah it's it makes you think. Yeah. That's oh you, my god. You got you gotta you gotta go makes under the feel. surface there. Makes you think, makes you feel, makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap up. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Uh the next time you hear both of our voices together, it's gonna be on the next episode of Everything is Fine with Georgia and Young. Wow, the bass. It's just, your basic voice just really came out there. Right, I did the opposite of my Jason Alexander, my George from Seinfeld. I was like, let's go into the most calming voice possible. It sounds like your voice from CD 101.9. You remember oh, that? No, no. <laughs> it was like a jazzy station. It was oh, like, you know, okay. and, and now. It's like, you know. No, it's because I watched The Big Lebowski last night and oh. saw Sam Elliott do his narration thing. So. Okay. All right. Yes. Until next time. Until then, thank you for having me on. This is ugh. <laughs> you did it right. <laughs> Finally. It's natural. I was just <laughs> trying to take out my own Jewishness from it. No, you got to add add all of your personal pain into the ugh. All right. This is ugh. <laughs> Give me all your money. That's right. <laughs> don't be so Jewy next time. God. All right. All right. Our APAC, don't get on us. We're fine. We're fine. Everything's We're fine. fine. Everything's fine. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, APAC. Ha, ha, ha.